Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Welcome to Synapse Snips. This is Dr. Troy with Dr. Josh and Marquis. Uh, we're here today to uh, have a quick snip uh, as far as a quick conversation around aches and pains. Uh, we're going to talk about some observations we've had lately uh, that seems to be uh, impacting people. So interesting focus today. We're going to have a quick uh, discussion around statins, the medication of statins, um, the good and the bad uh, components of that uh, lately. And then uh, something we've been seeing in the blood work as of late, which is elevated fibrinogen. So I know sounds exciting, elevated fibrinogen. We've had so many requests for it, but uh, it's a very interesting component uh, kind of speaking to what's happening in the world. And so well, we want people to know that if you're getting treated by a doctor, uh, it'd be something to make sure it gets added to your test because we have been seeing it uh, in the last couple months, especially, mm-hmm. just be elevated on the majority of our patients, and it's one of our it's a standard component of one of our standard labs here. So, uh, what have you been seeing? Let's first start with the statin part of it. What have you been seeing, and what's on your mind as far as statins? Yeah. What is a statin? Let's start, start with that. Yeah, statin, very popular cholesterol lowering medication, so popular that it's even been floated before to uh, add it to drinking water. Yeah. And just because from a public health perspective, the idea is, well, if we can give everybody a statin and lower cholesterol, maybe we can reduce cardiovascular disease and heart attack risk and things like that. So the point of a statin is to lower cholesterol. But the way it does it is by blocking synthesis of some precursor types of molecules. And a lot of people that are taking statins, we see side effects. And the side effects are not often discussed by their doctors, so they don't really think much of it, but we've seen significant side effects because of the way that it impacts cellular energy production. And what you lack when you have a statin is the ability to properly make something called CoQ10. Now, a lot of people have heard of CoQ10. It's a popular supplement as well. CoQ10 can be used for heart health and energy and and the like, but CoQ10 is required for your cells to make energy properly. And without CoQ10, and then because of the statin blocking the production of CoQ10, we can see a lack of proper energy production that often shows up first as muscle aches. Yeah, hence the title muscle aches and pains because that's one of the things that when people come in and the the research shows that uh, people with uh, the CoQ10 issue, historically we've seen as low as 10% of the people on statins and uh, we've seen as high as 30%. -hmm. We tend to attract people with muscle aches and pains, so the percentage of our patient population is going to be higher as far as who, who are on statins. Mm-hmm. But again, and there, there's a bigger conversation to be had because I think the majority of people, and I'm talking like 99%, can get away without needing statins because the real challenge or the real problem is what's causing the cholesterol to go up. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time just kind of putting a Band-Aid on without getting to the root cause. So 
for me, I always want to look at what is uh, setting up the heightened cholesterol. And the cholesterol conversation kind of goes with uh, the fibrinogen, fibrinogen that we're going to be talking about. But there's a lot of different things that raise your cholesterol. And just because a statin lowers your cholesterol does not mean it's going to improve your health. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the problem. So I'll give you an example. If you have a free radical, which can come from stress, it can come from inflammation, it can come from exercising too much, it can come from chemical toxicity. If that free radical nicks a blood vessel, then we have a part of our immune system that uh, called foam cells that uh, kind of come in and they patch up that nick and they send a signal for the liver to release more cholesterol and the cholesterol comes and it patches it up. Well, the problem is if you get too much cholesterol with too much of that, those patches, then it stiffens the arteries and that's why you get the cardiovascular um, disease. Well, the problem is not cholesterol. Cholesterol is just doing its job. The problem is what's setting up that nick in the first place. So, if you're on a statin, don't go off the statin, number one, because you have to do some some digging and some research as to what's going on, what's driving your cholesterol up. Once you have that, you can, then you can develop a plan with your doctor or a functional medicine practitioner to uh, start to correct that uh, imbalance. And I'm just going to say it's a, not an overnight fix. It does take a while because there's some investigation in the beginning. And then there's some dietary changes, lifestyle changes, detox sometimes. There's just, you have to support different systems. But if you can identify the root cause, it's not only going to help with your cholesterol levels, it'll help with your overall health. Because um, when you look at some of the research that's out there, there's a lot of research that also says, yes, it lowers cholesterol, but it doesn't reduce cardiovascular events significantly enough. You know, the risk reward's not necessarily there. And especially for people in our world who like to look for root cause issues. Yeah. I saw a study recently go through that was, uh, was in women, just an observational study, I believe, that actually showed older women with higher cholesterol tended to be healthier. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, here we are driving it down. Yeah, exactly. Just for the sake of cardiovascular health. Yeah. So please don't put it in our water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah, I think one other thing I wanted to say there too, because because it does cause aches and pains. Aches and pains in general then can be from poor energy production. You yeah, know, absolutely. The statin just brings that out by blocking CoQ10. But if you have aches and pains generally and aren't taking a statin very often, it's just because of poor energy metabolism. Yes. Yeah. And we need all our cells to to have their normal energy. It's like it's like trying to run something that uh, runs off a battery, but the battery is uh, weak or not, or not working anymore. So we yeah. need that, that charge in, inside of us. Yeah. This can be quite significant. If you are dealing with aches and pains and are on a statin, that should be something that you discuss with someone like us for that. We've had people, I have somebody right now I'm working with. He can't even walk up the stairs if he takes a statin. Yeah. He can't even walk up the stairs with certain natural uh, anti-cholesterol uh, supplements. Yeah. But when he's off it and we support CoQ10, his muscles work fine. He doesn't have weakness. Yes. It's very significant and, and extreme in some people. Well, uh, to that point, um, let's talk about uh, something that we've been seeing lately. We've been seeing and we've been commenting in our in our morning meetings. We Every morning we meet with our team and we discuss um, results and patients and uh, uh, make sure we're all on the same track and we pick each other's brains. It's actually a great process. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, one of the docs... Uh, a little while ago, a couple months back, said, is anyone else noticing that fibrinogen levels are going up on our patients? And a couple of us said, yeah, we were, you know, at that time we were noticing it. But since then, it's been even more significant. It's almost 
uh, daily that we're seeing these really high fibrinogen levels. So for uh, people wondering, well, what's fibrinogen? Fibrinogen is a, a protein, again, made in the liver, and it is it kind of helps stopping the bleeding process, so it, it's part of the clotting process. So we have to look at what types of things can potentially elevate the fibrinogen. And anything that can cause more bleeding or anything that can induce uh, the, the need for more clotting can actually increase fibrinogen. That's why it's a little concerning because it is a very important marker. And with COVID uh, over the last uh, couple of years and uh, the spike proteins of the vaccines, there's a lot of variables here that can be increasing fibrinogen. And um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what that uh, might mean and just make sure you guys are getting that uh, that marker tested as well. Yeah. The overlap here between these two is really, you know, vascular health. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so one easy way that I tell my patients, you know, fibrinogen is kind of a marker of vascular inflammation too. And it doesn't guarantee that you've got a clot, but it says that something is amiss and, and something is dysfunctional within that system. We always ask, like you said, have you have recent exposure to COVID or vaccine or anything like that? Because we we know COVID, one of the mechanisms of disease there is the excess of clotting. And this is why a lot of a lot of both natural and pharmaceutical approaches use aspirin, heparin, lumbronatokinase will use to reduce the potential for for the clotting to occur. Because um, the clot, even though even if it doesn't form a full-on clot, is going to cause really micro-clotting, right? Micro -clotting, small small yeah. little spots where you're going to get damage and, and inflammation that can, it can be the cause of a lot of the symptoms post-COVID or during COVID um, from, again, muscle aches, right? We yes, see a lot yeah. of lower body muscle aches post-COVID, the brain fog, inflammation, fatigue, even the lung damage. Yeah, the brain fog's a big one because that's sneaky. I, one of my patients with really high fibrinogen uh, ended up, and this is an elderly patient, so the, the age uh, played into it, but very high fibrinogen and was having microclotting over a, a long period of time, but it added up to almost like the impact or effects of a stroke, a mini mm -hmm. stroke, because of the lack of of oxygen. And so um, in in today's world right now, we want to be very sensitive to the fact that there's a lot of potential for compromise to the brain and the body in a cardiovascular clotting mechanism. So we're seeing a lot more um, issues with uh, younger athletes, cardio, uh, inflammatory uh, heart conditions, and um, and a lot more lethargy and muscle aches and pains and then brain fog that goes with it and so fibrinogen might be that one thing that if you just add it to the test uh, lab test can be very helpful to identify um, if there's some level of, of challenge there and, and whenever I see a high fibrinogen the first thing I always think of I don't know if you do this but uh, I go through this list of the differential diagnoses or the different things that can line up with in my head and an elevated fibrinogen I always think okay inflammation what what's going on in an inflammatory perspective and so start digging into it uh, with that and by itself doesn't necessarily mean anything but when you combine it with a lot of other lab markers or history uh, we start to see a pretty significant challenge what i do know is i don't like to have any of my patients have fi high fibrinogen and so it becomes a very important marker to start to to 
yeah. push down. I think we should mention two different labs will have different normal ranges for this. Yes, I yeah. know the one that we use, I believe the high end is just in, I think is in the high 300s, yeah. not, not quite to 400. But I believe lab cores might be in the 500s as a normal. And yeah. so that does make a big difference depending on who's testing this lab for you. You might be at 500 and the lab might call you normal, but in our book, that would be too high. That would be too high. I don't like anything over 400. Under 400 is ideal, mm-hmm. and that's optimal. Um, but we've been seeing fiber engine in the 700s, yeah. 800s, mm-hmm. and one of our doctors uh, this morning has a patient in the 900s. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, that's pretty that's pretty significant. So it is something to uh, make sure we... Uh, check and also just right now, I'm just going to say it this way because of just all the variables with COVID and a lot of the things that weren't even on our radar two, three years ago. Uh, I want people to be ex- extra sensitive to measuring inf- inflammation and have an increased focus on controlling what you can. So the first thing you can do is stick to an anti inflammatory diet and start to really clean up your diet. So what causes inflammation in your diet? Sugar, first and foremost, causes inflammation. Food reactions, gluten and dairy. And again, our general conversation is if God made it, it's good. If man changed it, just beware. Uh, the food may not sit well with you. And then the cleanliness of the food. Organic is always going to be better than, than anything that's chemical laden and what we call fake food. So especially right now, we're seeing a lot of... Um, things trigger inflammation. And if you're adding to it with your diet, that's just going to make, make things worse. So uh, an easy fix to easy start would be to just clean up the diet and see if that impacts uh, how you feel overall. Your immune system fights infection and manages inflammation. So if you can reduce your inflammation in any way, that would be great. Yeah. There's a reason that one of the big tie-ins supplementally between a lot of these is fish oil. And yeah. you know, we use that both for elevated cholesterol, which is funny because we're giving a fat in order to reduce cholesterol. Right? Yes. And that's, that's kind of <laughs> counter to what, you know, the popular, you know, knowledge is about that. But that's, that's what works, right? You give anti-inflammatory yeah. fish oil and you're going to reduce inflammation, lower cholesterol. I mean, the same thing with the vascular health stuff and, yeah. and the fibrinogen too. Yeah. The biggest thing to actually stop the free radicals from nicking the blood vessels is vitamin E. And so vitamin E, um, really, we should be testing vitamin E levels on everyone versus cholesterol levels. We should be doing both. But um, that will help bind the free radicals so we don't see the nicking. Uh, There are other things that cause nicking. Actually, excessive clot formation can cause damage to the Mm -hmm. the blood vessel walls as well. One of the tests we do here is called an endopat, and it measures the uh, arterial lining. And so I just had a, a great review yesterday with someone whose fibrinogen was high, whose endopath score was uh, in the diseased range, uh, had a history of smoking, was still smoking at the time, and uh, quit smoking. She quit smoking and uh, focused on uh, uh, anti-inflammatory program. has been really going after uh, her health in a lot of different ways and improved her endopath score drastically to a healthy range. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was seven months um, of working on this diet and lifestyle. So it can be changed and people need to know that you can change the health of your endothelial lining and your arteries by just paying attention to a, a few key things. And the reason why I bring up the smoking is because smoking is probably one of the things that delivers the most free radical damage to your arterial walls. So if you are a smoker, your fibrinogen is high, 
let this just be one more thing that uh, that helps you make the decision to move uh, through that journey, if which you, is possible. If you need more motivation, come get an endo pat done, and we'll oh yeah, see how bad it looks. <laughs> yeah, when you see when you see your, your arteries are, are are stiff, stiff like a ninety five year old, and you're in your forties or fifties, then that usually motivates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks. This has been uh, um, just a brief conversation on aches and pains from a unique perspective of fibrinogen statins. Uh, we're always looking for uh, more topics too. Any questions you have, so keep sending them in. Uh, we appreciate everyone. Uh, have a great day and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Nips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Snips Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.